Oakland Saturday late pick five edition of the Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Claim your risk-free bet up to $500 over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. We're also brought to you by GameTime. GameTime tickets make the perfect holiday gift. Download the GameTime app today and use promo code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And folks, as always, it's all good, baby, baby. It was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I got my Cuban links on. Yes, Cuban B. And I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oakland. I got ice all over my body looking like a snowman. Big rocks in the grill dancing like a slow jam. My chain's so heavy and walking like an old man. Try me, you. Hello, everybody. Uh, it's It's been a fun week. It's been a really fun week of content. Uh, and I feel like I saved someone for Friday who usually is just a really fun conversation every single time that I have him in. Uh, it's his first time visiting uh, since I believe I've gone from a one chains to a two chains and bracelet. So I think he's drinking in my drip for the first time here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you think with a last name like this, he was some smelly French Canadian fur trapper. But no, he's a delight of a man living in the Bay Area. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Andrew Champagne. What's up, Andrew? I, I appreciate the intro and I did bring a mug just to catch your drip here thank you waka 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 but no thank you for having me really appreciate it's always a blast being on with you man especially when we get to do some fun stuff like i don't know opening weekend in your neck of the woods yes yes i've been so just absolutely pumped for as for as much as oakland wore me down to an absolute nub last year like i am pumped for this meet and i'm like just completely reinvigorated and ready to go and uh, honestly, my biggest regret for this opening weekend is that we don't have three days. They're just doing the two days of racing instead of, uh, you know, all the way through Sunday, but it's okay. It's okay. I'm happy with what I get. And, uh, speaking of what we get, we get to talk about a pick five sequence today. We're going to talk about Saturday, the closing pick five. Look at that. I am the alpha and the Omega. I gave you the opening pick five for Friday. Now I'm giving you the closing pick five on Saturday. We're bookending it. Uh, starts race six with the ring, the bell stakes post time is going to be three fifty Eastern two fifty God's time one fifty for Andrew over in the, Oh, sorry. 1250 for Andrew over there in the specific time zone. I am still really bad at time zones. Andrew, it's something that I thought I would grow out of at this point as a 38 year old man. And I still have not, uh, done that. I'm still terrible at that. it's okay. Math is hard. Math is tough. Anything other than gambling math, gambling math. I got you. Oh, gambling math is its own thing. Gambling math is like, it's like Alan from the hangover with all of the numbers dancing around his head as he sits down at the blackjack table. That's a different kind of math that I feel like the average male can do. But if you so much as, you know, basic addition and subtraction, no. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking to your friends. You're like, hey, what are you in on? You're in a pick three, three X. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So you're looking at about $175 to come back there. Cool. Yeah. It's just like, you know, this all of a sudden you're just calculations are flying through your head and you're doing it perfectly. Did you have a strategy for this pick five sequence? Uh, I thought this was uh, a really tough sequence to kind of put your finger on and also, uh with the threat of weather coming uh it makes it kind of tough especially when we're doing it a day out in advance what'd you think yeah it's certainly always tough to be able to do that that's one of the things as a public handicapper in my meat of choice that i wind up really needing to deal with uh can i make a bold prediction for you chase absolutely please do they're going to be off the turf on saturday at oakland this go. is where if you have a boo button on your soundboard, you hit it. <laughs> no, no. I like to celebrate my friends' victories whenever they make awesome da- dad jokes like that. That's a win in my book. Uh, yeah, you're right. They are definitely off the turf. Um, it leaves me with the conundrum, like, how do how do I play this ticket? Do I try to take a stab at a bias 
knowing that while I'm using it to slim down my opinion, that if I guess and guess wrong, my pick five is just automatically screwed. Uh, do I play this true to the pace, knowing that if there's a bias, I don't account for that, that my pick five might be screwed. Uh, here's the good news, though. That's a me problem, right? I, You at home should be watching these results during the day. Use the most up-to-date info, you know, to make your ticket. Uh, instead of making a bison, I'm just going to try to play this as fair as possible. Uh, because all in all, it was a fair surface last year. And if anything, I'll add a little bit more focus on off-track performance, maybe a little bit more speed yeah that makes a lot of sense uh sorry i think i might have had something going on with my internet to where there was a little bit of a lag there but kidding aside dad jokes aside i handicapped this as though it's going to be a pretty fair track i kept this you know with the mindset of okay there are some really big fields in some of these races there's going to be a lot of pace I don't mind at least having one closer on the ticket. And in one case, a closer is the only horse I have on the ticket. So that might be tempting fate a little bit. We'll see how that goes. But I looked at this card. This is a legit late pick five sequence. Couple of yeah. stakes races, couple good allowance races, a maiden race that we both thought was pretty interesting for different reasons. Mm-hmm. It's a good card. It's Oaklawn. Most of them are going to be very good cards. And before we go much further, by the way, shout out to your friend and mine, Matt Dinnerman, who's calling his first weekend at Oaklawn. In very good news, the Ducks from the Golden Gate Fields announcers booth have made their way to Oaklawn Park. All 200 some odd Ducks, Matt was able to get trucked over. So really good news there. Matt is one of those guys that if you have a problem with Matt, you're the problem. And I right. hear him have a lot of fun calling these races with 11, 12, 13 horses. It's going to be a blast, man. Yeah, I, I love Matt Dinnerman. I think he's one of the more talented track announcers in America, quite honestly. Uh, his ability to make people uh, focus in on where the action is about to be coming from before it even develops is just uncanny. I really love how he calls races because it's just other just super fundamental like it's just really he i i likened it to watching like pistol pete maravich put on like a clinic on dribbling he's just you know out there effortless just through through the legs what do you want pistol pete can do it all uh let's get into it let's talk about race six six furlongs hundred and fifty thousand dollar ring the bell stakes i've been saying it all week there are two horses in this race that are exactly the same and i'm going to use both of them what did you think of this race? If Tahano Twist runs back to the races he ran earlier this year at Oakland, who beats him? Uh, I think that Tahano Twist and Necker Island are the exact same horse. Really? I did not yeah. see that at all. I understand the running style being what it is, but by the same token, I just think Tahano Twist is going to get an ideal setup over his favorite track. Earlier this year, Tahano Twist ran four times, one, two of them, second in the King Cotton behind this little horse called Gunite, who ran yep. second in a little race called the Breeders' Cup Sprint and ran third in the Cout Fleet Sprint when he probably just had way too much to do and was third behind a next out winner. You look at this horse and you see running lines that include the likes of Bango, Marsalis, Gunite, we've already mentioned. Uh, this little horse, Cody's Wish, um, Tahano twist at his best is a monster. He came off the bench last time out rallied from ninth to win the bet on sunshine at Churchill over some legitimate beast horses with a one Oh one buyer speed figure. There's going to be pace signed on in this race. He goes second off the layoff for a very, very good barn that when they get horses ready to go and on the right track, they stay there. I'm not expecting any regression off of that last out effort. And if Tahano Twist puts forth as usual a race, I think the race is for second. I'm kicking things off with a single horse number six in race number six on Saturday in the Ring the Bell. It's a very good race class-wise. I've got a lot of respect for horses like Rivet. Horses like Osborne, who I think looks a lot better if you toss the Saratoga races over a track you just didn't particularly like. but I think Tahano Twist is one of the better sprinters in the country, and I think he's going to get the exact setup he wants. And when you run into a horse like that, 
I think you're supposed to single him and move on. You know, I, I think with Necker Island, if you look at the performances recently, Necker Island and, and Tejano Twist are, are kind of sitting in the exact same category. I don't think Necker Island has the exact same back class in terms of the performances and, you know, graded stakes races or anything. But I think that in terms of run style, like kind of like you mentioned, and also in terms of the kind of figures that they've been putting up as of late in this uh, since the layoff kind of period. I think are pretty even, and I'm going off of my Brisnet figures, which I use. I know you're a buyer's person. Um, yeah, I I couldn't let myself, especially with what I hate to do so many times with pick five tickets, is uh, single a closer. I hate singling closers. Um, I, I want if I'm going to single, I usually want the horse that's going to make its own trip or b- burn it out on the front. Uh, I like to throw more of a run style at uh, at, at you know, the, these kind of races where I want closers. And honestly, when I look at Tejano Twist, like, yeah, that I really think Tejano Twist could win this race. But I also look at Necker Island and I think, yeah, Tejano, you know, Necker Island could easily win this race too. Like, I, I feel like they're, they have equal chances to, to win this one. So I'm, I'm going with the two deep five and six. I can understand that. And I will say Necker Island does move up over a wet track two for two in the mud that does jump off the page. You're also getting the bigger priced Chris Hartman. Either way, we agree. Chris Hartman wins this race, right? I just see a horse in Tejano twist. That's getting back to the preferred track. I see a horse in Necker Island that ran four times at Oakland this past winter and spring and did not do a lot of running. On those occasions, if this race was, say, at Churchill or at Keeneland or at Ellis, maybe I could see that. But especially given how wide open the rest of the races in the sequence are, you've got a single somewhere. I know you're singling elsewhere in the sequence. This is where I took my stand. Right. And I want to point out that my ticket construction on this one is is really not great. Like I kind of I got a little freewheeling and, you know, fancy free here uh, with how I put my ticket together. Because that just means, you know, your audience and, you know, your gimmick. The people want you to be freewheeling and fancy free and whatever other fancy adjectives that you wound up using. Embrace the gimmick. There we go. There we go. Uh, Speaking of embracing. You need to embrace our friends over at Bet Rivers because we are brought to you today by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is available in over 14 states plus Ontario, Canada. Bet Rivers has some of the best live betting markets in the space. Their betting menu is second to none, including a ton of props. Depositing and withdrawing is super easy on Bet Rivers. My Bet Rivers play of the day is always, always just take Arkansas on the points. That's always my rule is just take Arkansas on the points. Uh, sign up using our link to get a risk-free bet up to $500. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And let me get a little uh, rehydration interlude in here real quick. It's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Mom's cooking chicken in college greens. All right. There we go. Welcome back. Uh, on to race seven. Six furlongs, $140,000. Non-winners of one something. I'm not your condition reader. Read your own conditions. Uh, another really tough race here. I, I really thought that maybe tactical speed plays well in this race. Uh, I, I had to go about three deep. How did you see this race sh- shaping up? Who'd you end up on here? So we both went three deep then, and I am against the horse that I think is going to go off favored. I did not like number nine, Megan's Honor. I understand that this horse won in a visually impressive fashion last time out, but I see winning by five and a half over a pretty weak field going six furlongs in 112 and one, and I see an 0 and four local record here at Oaklawn. I think this is a favorite that you're supposed to try to beat. So I'm going three deep and my top choice actually breaks directly to the outside of Megan's honor. And that's number 10 circle back Jack chase. When Susan Evans and Mary Catherine Sweezy were breeding this horse, a son of tonalist out of a medallia Doro mare. I don't think they thought they were getting a sprinter, but they got a sprinter. And if you look at this horse's dirt sprints, Over the past year, you see four of them. Chase, I see three wins and a second beaten ahead by a next out winner. 
The last yeah. two races have been at Horseshoe Indianapolis on the turf. This horse is okay on the turf. I understand why they took shots, but this horse is not a turf miler. This no. horse is a one-turn dirt horse. You mentioned tactical speed. I like horses that have enough tactical speed to be on the lead, but that don't need the lead necessarily in order to run well. Circle back Jack checks that box. I love the wet track Tomlinson figure of 455. That is a massive, massive number. And I see six to one on the morning line. I think we're going to get that price come post time. And if this one runs back to the prior dirt sprints that this horse has run over the past year, I think is a major, major player. I've mentioned I'm going three deep. I'm also using number four, Underhill's Tab, who I thought ran just a little bit green last time out in a very fast non-winners of one for the level last time out at Churchill. If this one runs back to a couple of the races that are on the page, I think has a big shot. And I will also use number five, Homestead, who gets significant class relief after running fourth in a stakes race last time out behind Rivet, a horse that we already talked about. The win two back at Keeneland was very, very good and gets Lasix back after not having that last time out at Mahoning Valley. So four, five, ten for me, trying to beat the nine, who I think is going to go off favored, take a lot of money, and I think is very, very vulnerable coming off of his first win in a year and a half. You know, I, we, I'm three deep. We agree on one of them and it's going to be the five Homestead. Uh, you know, what's funny is I look at Homestead and I, I look at my note and it says, I'm realizing now this isn't my best ticket construction. Um, I, I, cause I'm on Homestead, but I'm also using two other horses. And the other one is the, the chalk that you, you kind of mentioned who you think will be the chalk going off Megan's honor. Uh, but for me, the reason that I had to include is I love tactical speed as well as the wide post combined with the horse can make a closing move up what could possibly, you know, take advantage of what could possibly be a good tractor trail. Like I have said it a lot this week, I, the, the rail and trail bias, or it's dead in the middle, but you can get up the rail and you can get up the tractor trail right out, right up in the middle there. Uh, that's why I thought I had to use Megan's honor. The other one I used, Listen, glory to Chris Hartman means glory to me. Like if he wins with any of these horses that I'm that I'm on uh, this weekend, then I'm gonna definitely have some like AI Chris the Hitman Hartman, uh, you know, uh, shirts designed. Uh, I'm on the three T burns at ten to one. Uh, I really like that this horse. Uh, I really like the the versatility and the run style and the ability to flash tactical speed for this horse and win. Uh, you know. The horse does consistently like to be up front or near the front, but it's shown the ability to sit off and pass with the middle move that this track always seems to love. What do you think when your horses hit, you know, the, the stretch of Oaklawn? Because I think swoop, there it is around the slingshot. And this is a horse I think can put itself in position to do that sort of thing. Um, so I'm using T-Burns. I'm three deep with uh, T-Burns, Homestead, who we both like, and Megan's Honor, who... I, I really should toss one of these horses, but here's the deal. Winning pick fives is hard and I want, I want to win. I, I would like to win one. And so I'm using more horses than I should have bending on my principles. So it really just depends on how you see the tote board. I see Megan's honor as a horse that's likely to come down significantly. And that's where I'm going to take my stand against that horse. If you see it differently, I understand that you, you mentioned swoop. There it is. Um, I'm more of a scoop. There it is person. And I remember Chaka the NCAA best. Yes. sprinkles. I remember a couple of years ago when the NCAA basketball tournament was going on. My dad and I were in Vegas as we usually are and all the games were going. And that commercial was on every five minutes yeah, and yeah. every five minutes who was yelling sprinkles in the sports yeah. book? This guy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. That yes, that I love commercials that, that transcend, uh, you know, just everything for me. It's just, just it's existential, just reward. The, just the, joy. The scoop, there it is. Yeah, joy. Man. The joy of scoop. There it is. It's infectious. Yeah. You can see I've got a big old smile on my face right now. They even start doing like the house party, like dance at the end, like with the, like the foot, you know, co-mingling and everything yeah. that they do. It's crazy. Uh, Great commercial. Great commercial. All right, moving on. Race eight. Eight furlongs, $115,000 maiden special weight. 
Uh, now, definitely worth noting, if you are new to Oakland Park, uh, this is uh, a little different. This is kind of like Keeneland. We have a short stretch uh, mile race where I think what Keeneland's the mile and a uh, mile and a 16th is the, the short stretch. But yeah, finishes at the eighth pole. Uh, the conventional wisdom is that you have to be on the lead. But in my time keeping stats, I found that it's like a stalking horse that will hit the top of the stretch and condi- contention is much more live than the ones that try to go gate to wire here. Because uh, I, I think that jockeys have just kind of this psych out on this on this setting where it's like, okay, uh, we all need to go for the front because it's the short stretch and it's going to be a horse that's up front that wins. And they just kind of like artificially make pay, pace melt, uh, it seems like. So I'm trying to, to th- use a horse that's a little bit more tactical that's going to sit off. What do you think of this one? Uh, you know, were you looking for horses that could pass or are you go in a uh, full bore speed in a maiden race? So I guarantee you, Raphael Bejarano knows that there are two different wires. I guarantee you. I'm just right. going to leave that right there because I don't want any trouble with anybody. So for me, I still handicap it as though it's a race shape thing. If there's not a lot of pace, you want to be on the pace. If there's a lot of pace, you want to be coming from far back. But let's not forget, these are two-year-olds. And in some instances, you wind up seeing some things in the form that don't make a lot of sense. And to use a famous movie quote, forget it, Jake, it's Chinatown. Forget it, Chase. They're two-year-olds. Sometimes it's not supposed to make sense. With that in mind, I know number four, Orange Diablo, is probably going to be, I don't know about seven to five, but certainly a considerable favorite. This is where I'm going to do the horrible ticket construction thing solely because Again, these are two-year-olds. I've got the freedom to be able to use a couple of different horses here because I singled very early on in the sequence. And I do think there are a couple of horses that could jump up and win this race at a price. If Orange Diablo going two turns for the first time, which is never an easy thing to do, turns out to not want two turns. And even though the pedigree is by Union Rags out of a smart strike mare, which you'd think screams two turns, it's not like that's unprecedented. We're every Michael Jordan. There is a Jeffrey Jordan. You know yes, what I'm saying? For sure. So I'm going four deep in here and I am using, in addition to number four, orange Diablo, I'm using number two, tornado road, number five, Michaelicious, and number eight Penrod. And I'll talk a little bit more about tornado road here because this horse debuted in what turned out to be an absolutely loaded made in special weight race, going out of the Wilson shoot at Saratoga. This horse was seven to one that day in a 10 horse field. If you're seven to one in a 10 horse field at Saratoga, you've got some steam behind you. And it's easy to see why. By quality road out of a Dixie Union mare that I remember running, great name, check up from Zanek up. Great name. Oh, very nice. Very good. Sold for $1.15 million at auction at Keeneland last year, was seven to one, did no running, absolutely none. That race was won by a horse named Locked, who came right back to win a grade one and won in the ran in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. The second place finisher was a horse named Drumroll Please, who came right back to win. Yeah. This one adds blinkers. This one winds up with a good series of workouts give me tornado road on the ticket at a pretty big price you see 20 to 1 on the morning line if this horse runs back to some of the works i think is a major player okay you know i i'm gonna give you the horse that i singled then i'm gonna give you a a horse to just maybe consider dropping a win bet on because i'm not sure what kind of price you'll get on it but we we will see but i was singled to to orange diablo uh it's it, it's brad cox season it's the hot cox season he just wins everything that isn't nailed the hell down traditionally early in the meet uh it doesn't hurt that in addition to that i think this is head and shoulders you know above the best horse here you know with the with the racing experience this horse has actually crossed the finish line first it's actually won a race, but it was DQ'd, uh, taken down. Which, by the way, what got into uh, Flo Giroux there? Like, what this now you decide to ride aggressive? Like, this is finally 
Like you couldn't have done that any other time where you were on one of my horses. Thanks, bub. But uh, Orange Diablo. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just it's it's that easy. And so I'm doing something I rarely give myself the license to do, which is to take a single at a maiden special weight race. Like uh, I feel like I know this horse is going to win. Uh, and I can just say if anyone else wins, they beat me. I'm done. Hey, I understand that for sure. And look, Orange Diablo is probably going to be favored. I get playing Brad Cox here. Going two turns for the first time is not an insignificant hurdle, though. As one of my handicapping idols, Harvey Pack, would say, never bet a horse as the favorite doing something it's never done before. Right. So in, in my instance, this was my race where I said, Heck with the ticket police, I want to hit this thing. The other races, I was a good boy. This one, I'm probably, how do you put it? Um, Something about pork and bacon and being small. I feel like you might have a soundbite of some sort to potentially play here. I'm, I'm looking. Just... I, I'm, hold on, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm trying to find it. Dude, I have too many sound drops is the problem, and they're so. I uh, tried to set you uh, up. I know. Hold on. It's coming. Yeah. Little pig boy. Can I get the definition? Little pig boy. He's that pathetic, dirty bitch, baby. Mistress gets the stand. Yep. I, there I, we go. I don't want to spoil anything, but there may be dirty little pig boy shirts um, coming from the SGPN store. I'm honestly uh, sort of surprised they're not already on sale. They're, I, I think they might be up as there's there's a couple coming up this weekend that are are, are fly like our here's, our here's the big question is Arkansas spelled correctly in any of them? There, uh, I'm not sure if we're if I use anything with Arkansas like in the uh in, in, in the uh the design. I, I think I kept it spelling free for that reason. Um, okay. yeah, AI great. I you can you can paint whatever your mind can create. But uh, don't count on good spelling for some reason. Yes, uh, and I this get... is how I know AI is not going to take over the world. Because if it can't spell Arkansas, I yeah. think we're okay for now. For now. For now. I'm just always happy whenever it spells Arkansas with a bunch of Ks, it seems to stop it too. Just not like, three of them. If it's just three not of them, three of run. them, please. Yeah, that's that's like I feel like I'm on a watch list. It's like, damn, Bing, you're putting me in a spot here. All right. Uh, here's the other horse I'm going to mention real quick uh, because I feel like it's second. All right. It's second on the pri Brisnet prime power, but I'm not sure if it's really going to get bet like crazy. It's uh, Norman McKnight's horse pet sounds. Uh, one, I want to play it out of respect for the beach boys. Uh, Cause that is a phenomenal album. Uh, and two, Norman McKnight is like a toss up. He can either be pistol hot to start this meet or he can be his horses need one over the surface to start the meet. And I, you never know quite what you're getting. So if that horse is floating up in odds, I think that's someone that, that, you know, drop a little wind bet on if maybe if you don't, you know, include it on your ticket. Hey, did you, did you what did you think of pet sounds? If that horse drifts up in price and you bet it in wins, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't so, it? I'm happy you mentioned another horse in there because there was another one that I wanted to talk about. And this is going to be a very unpopular stance in at least one household. But Steve Asmussen is having his son ride for him on a lot of horses that are going to take money. I'm going to make them beat me in a lot of different spots. It right. is no disrespect to Keith right. Asmussen. Being a jockey is hard. And it's not like he's having a terrible go of it. I mean, this is a guy that, as of this recording, has won at a 14% clip. True. That's not bad. Yeah. But you're telling me he's the first call guy? That seems like a little bit above his station. And the more I look at number 11, Imperial Gun, I see a horse that I think a might need a race and B might want turf. There is a second dam in the female family that was an excellent two turn turf runner. I know gun runners can run on anything. I usually love the Steve Asmussen work pattern where there's a big work two back and then a maintenance move. But I also see his numbers debuting going two turns. Those aren't that great. I see Keith Asmussen riding for Steve. I see three to one on the morning line. I think that's an underlay. 
that's the stance I'm taking in this race. Yes, I'm going four deep using the favorite. I'm tossing the second choice, though. If that horse beats me, I will gladly tip my cap and move on. But generally speaking, if Keith Asmussen riding for Steve Asmussen on a horse that takes money wins, yeah, they'll beat me doing it. Yeah, Steve Asmussen is a sharp counterpoint to nepotism and horse racing because typically he does not put Keith on the, on the, the hottest mounts. Like, I think he's afraid he's going to risky business that Porsche right into the lake. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's, it's sometimes it's an auto fade for me as well. If I'm like, or oh, he's going to Ferris Bueller's day off the Ferrari. Right, right. Yeah, just go a little bit, little, a little bit too hot up front. Uh, I've got a horse that uh, that I use later uh, that that Keith is on because he actually moved it forward. But yeah, that's I'm with you. That's something that I looked at last year. It's like, man, I I like that it's a family affair, but it, it seems that that like Steve is trying to teach him a lesson about life right now with some of these mounts. All right, moving moving on to a quick word from our friends at Game Time. That's right. We're back talking about the Game Time app because holiday time is event time. Get your last-minute tickets without the stress because who needs more stress during the holiday season? Not this guy. No says I. Browse the Game Time app. Find all sorts of great events going on in your area and get flash deals, last-minute tickets, uh, images from your seats before you even purchase so you know that you're not sitting in a bad spot lowest price guarantee event cancellation protection and i still don't know what job loss protection it is but it sounds dope and i want it on all of my tickets so game time is the place for last minute ticket deals it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason snag the tickets without the stress with game time game time tickets make the perfect holiday gift download the game time app create an account and use code cfbx for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply create an account and redeem code CFBX for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame bets. Win bigger by betting smarter. This NFL season with Hall of Fame bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame bets, revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark. Join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGP and get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. And oh man, do I need a hydration interlude after that one. Yo, I just bought a dinosaur like Nicolas Cage. Uh, hey, what happened? Hey, what's going on? Whew. There we go. Back at it. Uh, we are into the feature race. We're past the Wednesday leg, the hump day leg, into the penultimate race nine, eight furlongs, $150,000 mistletoe stakes now i have a horse that i love here but when i was thinking about how to play this race not knowing how a track would play i kind of felt like maybe i should definitely mix up my running styles here in this and try to take something that's going to be out in the front and then something that can possibly pick up the pieces and then go with god my child we'll see if that works out for us what do you think of this one Vaya con Dios, compadre. Um, <laughs> this is another race where I think your second choice is going to go off the favorite. And that's number four, Lovely Ride. I am against Lovely Ride in this spot for a couple of different reasons. If the Lovely, lovely Ride that we saw earlier this year at Oaklawn shows up, she probably wins. But I see a horse that, yes, won this race last year, won the Pippin Stakes, was second behind Amo Ray in the Bayacoa, and then ran in the Azari behind some horses you've heard of, Secret Oath, Clarier, Interstate Daydream. If that horse shows up, Lovely Ride has a big-time chance. Yeah. But I see a barn switch. I see a six-month layoff. I see no Lasix. There's a lot of red flags here. Lovely ride may well win by six or seven lengths, but I think it's even more likely this horse is off the board and just isn't the same horse she was earlier this year. Maybe she needs a race late in her five-year-old campaign. Maybe she's off form the last couple of races. It's not like there was much of an excuse. I'm against lovely ride in this particular race, 
I'm using two of the logicals and a potential bomb. My top pick is number 10, Ice Orchid, who was second last time out, beaten just ahead at Churchill behind a very nice horse named Scratch Cat. She was almost four lengths clear of that day's third place finisher. The race two back at Churchill, also very good. Has some tactical speed. Could very well sit a first flight sort of trip beneath Ricardo Santana Jr., who knows this horse very, very well. I think Ice Orchid has a big time chance in here. Also think if you're playing a horse on the front, number six, Coastal Charm, is probably your most likely leader early. I think Coastal Charm merits a long look beneath Martin Garcia. The bigger price I'm using, though, is one I'm actually very intrigued by, and that's number seven, Effortlessly Elegant. The last race, to me, off of a long layoff, going six furlongs at Churchill, just screams prep race. It hits you over the head saying this wasn't the goal. Earlier this year, Effortlessly Elegant won twice here at Oaklawn, the lone misfire coming in the honeybee where she just did not break well and may have bounced off of a very nice performance to break the maiden. But she came back off of that, won an optional claiming race, did so reasonably impressively, and then the connection saw fit to try her in the grade one Ashland at Keeneland. She didn't run terribly that day. She led early on, faded to finish fifth. That was a grade one, though. I see a horse whose workouts have definitely ticked up in intensity. I love seeing that. I see Norm Cassie second off of very long layoffs at four for nine. I see 24% sprint to route. I see 12 to one on the morning line, and I think we're going to get it. Effortlessly elegant hits me as the price play of this entire sequence. I, like I think she is a must use here, even as a three-year-old going against older. I think second off a layoff, she's sitting on a big one. So it it looks like a must use. I I didn't use uh, two paths diversion of Snowy Wood here with this with this pace. I took one. I took both. I put, took both paths. I went honestly here. Um, I split myself into two. Did some extra dimensional shit. Uh, I. The four, lovely ride. That's my early pace horse. Uh, we had the owner, John Holloman, on uh, last week. He was, they're high on this horse. In um, case he's listening, sorry, John. <laughs> hey, here's the deal, though. Okay, I have personally been dunked on by John Holloman in this, in, and this horse twice, where last year when I was doing tip sheets, like uh, my buddy Tim, it works for John, texted me. He was like, hey, uh, Tim. He's like, hey, John sees you to pick his horse, man. He, he thinks he's going to tell you that you're wrong. I was like, all right, well, I think it just didn't work out for the pace or anything. And this horse just came out and ran its eyeballs out and dunked on me. Uh, and then he came back in the Pippin Stakes. Okay, she came back in the Pippin Stakes. I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe might be a tough race. I don't know what's going to happen. And then I got dunked on again by John Holloman who, for, for not picking uh, his horse. So. Uh, I well, just to be clear in this scenario, you're Frederick Weiss. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's probably not a pull you expected to hear this morning. <laughs> not at all. That was very nice. Very well executed, sir. Uh, I, I know what I'm going to get out of lovely ride, which is a top effort. And, uh, I'm not worried about the Sean Williams thing. That is actually a Diodoro assistant. This is like a Yak Taffert or a Baftine. Um, so I, I, I believe Dio serving a 15 day suspension and uh, Sean Williams is, is the, the name on the paper for the, for those 15 days. Um, so the other horse I was using, I actually loved this horse in the go for want. And then it scratched out uh, the five saddle up Jesse. Uh, I, I think that it's the natural fit to pick up the pieces late. Uh, if I'm trying to spread out my, my run styles here between a horse that's going to be out on the front and a horse that can come from a little bit off the pace, a little, you know, saddle up Jesse. So, that's what I'm trying to do. Bookend it with Lovely Ride and Saddle Up Jesse. So I love races like this. Between the two of us, we have watched tens of thousands of races over the mm -hmm. course of our lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's 11 horses in here. We're going five deep and we have nothing in common. Nothing. Horse racing at its core is a paramutual game, folks. Never forget that. It's my money against Chase's money against everybody else's money. Sometimes I'm right. Sometimes Chase is right. Sometimes we're both right. Sometimes we're both wrong. Either way, there's another race in 30 minutes. And that's one of the big reasons why I love this game, man. There's nothing more than, you know, better than the smug satisfaction of leaving with other people's money in your pocket 
That's yeah. that's the good feeling. And there is nothing funnier than when you and a good friend combine to go five deep at an 11 horse field and somehow neither of you is close. That could happen here, folks. This all, this also could go down. That that most definitely could go down. Uh, let's talk about uh, the, the last leg here where we hope to make that generational wealth where we can speak to our help like this. Hey, 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 don't rub on that. You blocked that. You understand? That's alpaca. That's $25,000 alpaca. You block that shit. Right. You don't rub them. Put the club soda on there. The Put the club soda on my alpaca money. We'll have to run through race 10, six furlongs, $140,000, non-winner of one something. I'm not your conditions reader. And it's allowance race. Uh, I, I think this race is going to fall to something possibly wild here because crazy shit always happens to you in the last race at Oakland Park. And also, I, I think that there are a couple of uh, horses at prices that uh, I have some angles on that I think could get this job done. So I, I went three deep here, and I was looking at horses coming from a little bit uh, off the pace. What did you think of this race, and what direction did you go? So we're of similar minds here, and my top pick is a horse that is coming from far off the pace. And it's funny you mentioned, you know, alpaca money, because you might need to spend Benjamin's in order to get it. Waka, waka, waka. Spend Benjamin's horse number 12 in the program is usually the kind of horse that I don't like playing because if you look at the running lines, you see a lot of very good efforts. Probably a very fun horse to own. Not a lot of wins, at least recently. But I see a horse that came back from the layoff and has run two very good races at Churchill especially figure-wise. The race two back off the layoff, this horse actually ran a career-high buyer speed figure, a 92. If this horse runs a 92 in this spot, I think it wins. The race last time out at Churchill, the pace wasn't overly fast. Uh, Daily Racing Form has that as a speed-favoring track. Still ran a decent fourth that day. The faster they go early, the better this one's chances figure to be. I like the far outside draw. I think Rafael Bejarano is going to have plenty of options. And I think this is the one that's going to be doing its best running late. I'll also be using two others, though. Number one, don't wait up as your 7-2 to morning line favorite. Hasn't done anything wrong since coming back off of the layoff. I love the progression last time out. Uh, the running line says in hand on the turn. This horse went the opening half mile in 44 and three in a race where a lot of horses need the lead. I think he may very well be the speed of the speed. And if this horse gets out front, might forget to stop. You mentioned the potential rail bias there going up the, the tractor wheel path there. This horse has the speed to be able to sit that kind of trip. The only start over and off track was a win. So no concerns over the surface there. The bomb that I'm going to throw at you here is horse number five in the program, Bolt 45. Okay. It is entirely possible, Chase, that this horse is a Prairie Meadows wonder horse. Prairie sure. Meadows is one of those tracks where the form doesn't necessarily transfer to other surfaces. But I think the last race was too bad to be true. It's pretty clear something went wrong because it's been four and a half months and we're just seeing this horse come back. I love some of the workouts since this horse has come to Oaklawn. I see two bullets and a maintenance move for a 20% barn that clearly knows what it's doing. It is entirely possible that Bolt 45 needs a race. It is entirely possible that Bolt 45 needs Prairie Meadows and just needed somewhere else to run between Prairie Meadows meets. It's also entirely possible, though, that this horse is just a potential freak and is coming into its own late in the three-year-old campaign. At the likely price, I needed to use Bolt 45 on the off chance that that latter scenario winds up happening. You mentioned it, last race of the day, not just at Oakland, pretty much anywhere. Everywhere, Weird yeah. stuff happens. So yeah. I needed to throw Bolt 45 in. That was actually the last horse I used on the entire ticket structure-wise. I was wondering whether or not to use this horse to me, though, this horse hits me as what my friend Tom Amello calls a two-by-four horse, which is if that horse wins and you don't have it and you want to hit yourself in the head with a two-by-four after the race, you use the horse. So that's what I'm going to be doing here. One, five, and 12 for me. I think the race shape sets up perfectly for Spen Benjamins, but 
If the bias winds up coming into play, I think I'm covered with don't wait up. And if bonkers stuff happens, I'm covered with the five, who's probably going to go off at about 15, 20 to one. So this week, I have discussed this race with Colin Sheehan, with Crystal Conning, with Sarah L. Bodway, with myself, and now with you. That's some and, smart people even before you get to me. And everyone is on Spend Benjamins. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got the full, like, college game day, uh, bottom line, same graphic mode. There is a late equipment change. Horse <laughs> number 12, Spend Benjamins, is 550 pounds overweight. Yeah. Yeah, he is uh, smothered in everyone's love, uh, and it translates to about a 550-pound. In case any of those people are listening, by the way, you just reeled off a whole bunch of people that I like and respect very, very much. Sarah El Badwi is actually a fellow native of the Hudson Valley in upstate New York, where I am going in less than a week. So, yeah, she is awesome. Very happy to see that she is doing well. A always happy when someone with a fellow eight, four, five area code in the number shows up. There you go. We, we I'll tell you who, who was a delight to have also with her uh, yesterday was uh, Crystal Conning. Um, mm-hmm. She's going to kill it at, at Oakland this year with the, the paddock analyst, you know, uh, gig. And like, I was, I, I would afterwards when we were done, I was like, I really like how you handicap a horse. I think you do a really good job with it. Uh, I went three deep. I did use spin Benjamins, everything Andrew said, I completely agree with. I think this is your most likely winner, but I'm using two others and I'm using just a angle that I'm definitely a dirty little pig boy for it's first time geldings that are giving me what looked like focus workouts. Uh, so I'm using the three St. Andrews at 20 to one. Um, I'm using the nine affable Mark at 12 to one, both of them on that gelding angle. Um, pretty much everything that I can say about St. Andrews, I can say for affable Monarch, it feels like. So I want those on my ticket. I think it's one of these three horses closing either up the rail or up the middle of the track. Uh, so yeah, three deep there, three, nine, and 12. I wasn't sure what to make of affable Monarch sprinting off of a it little is a bit of a super bougie name too, to be fair. Well, I mean, when, when you're an arrogate out of a Dynaformer mare, chances are you're going to be named by somebody that uh, knows how to read a thesaurus. But I, I get the first time gelding thing. If this was a two-turn mile race, I would like Affable Monarch a lot. I'm just wondering, why is this horse showing up in a sprint when this horse has been routing for some very capable barns for a pretty long time? I mean, two starts ago, this horse was fourth in an off-the-turf race at Monmouth going a mile and a half. I'm just, I'm curious as to why this horse is sprinting, especially given the pedigree. We talked a little bit earlier about being by a Belmont winner out of a Medallia Doro, Mary. You don't expect a sprinter. You definitely don't expect a sprinter by Arrogate out of a Dynaformer mare, but first time for a new barn, first time gelding. That one I get, I just, a little bit baffled by going as short as they are. Then again, at Oakland, there's no six and a half, seven furlong elongated right. sprints. That may right. very well be what this horse wants to do. It's just, to me, six furlongs hit me as a little bit short, but I like where your head's at as far as looking for a little bit of a price, especially if you think, number one, don't wait up, is a little bit vulnerable. A little bit. I mean, just a little bit. We'll see. We will see here. Uh, you know, I... I whenever the fields start to get big, when you, when you start seeing these double-digit amount of horses in a six furlong race i really think that you have to start focusing on the outside and start looking at the the, the 10 to you know 10 12 9 those, those sort of way outside holes so looking at an affable monarch just kind of fit fit into like what the track kind of wants what what the tr- what i i have baked in that i can't undo from years of watching oaklawn uh let's wrap up some tickets here I, I'll, I'll give you mine real quick uh it actually ended up an $18 ticket uh, for just as terribly constructed as it was. Uh, first leg, I was in with the 5-6. Uh, let's see. That's race six, the first leg, 5-6. Race seven, 3-5-9. Race eight, singled to the four, Orange Diablo. Race nine, four and five. Race 10, 3-9-12. It's an $18 ticket at the 50-cent base. Uh, Andrew, what do you got? 
So I'm spending a little bit more money than I usually do. I try to keep my multi-race exotics tickets down to about 40 bucks if I can. This one, we're going 54. We're starting things off with a single horse number six in race number six. Race seven, four, five, and 10. Race eight, two, four, five, eight. Race nine, six, seven, 10. Race 10, one, five, and 12. I'll go through that again. Six, with four five ten, with two four five eight, with six seven ten, with one five and twelve, that'll cost you fifty four bucks. Jenny, I got your number. That's all I can think. It's just uh eight six seven five three oh nine. Where's uh, horse are- O coming in? Horse, there's no thirty either. But I like where yeah. your head is at, Tommy Two Tone. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> All right, uh, that's going to do it for us uh, with the uh, with the tickets. Uh, Andrew, you got anything uh, coming up you want to shout out? I mean, just wishing everybody a happy and safe holiday season. I am traveling back east a little bit early. My sister does her holiday party the weekend before Christmas weekend, and that's usually where I get a chance to see everybody that I need to see flying 3,000 miles across the country. It also makes flying a little bit cheaper and a little less stress because not everybody is flying for the holidays that early. So you wind up in a situation where people actually behave themselves most of the time. So very much looking forward to that. Everybody else, though, enjoy your families. And uh, hopefully this opening weekend at Oaklawn makes that holiday season a little bit brighter. A couple extra presents under the tree. Uh, you know, a couple extra you know sets of cookies and milk for Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Everybody just, you know, have a great holiday season and hopefully we wind up seeing y'all on the other side on December 26th for the annual opening day at Santa Anita. Okay, yeah. what's left of your holiday budget? We're throwing that on a voucher session. I I'm excited for the Malibu to see how many horses that I've already congratulated on winning the Malibu this year actually make it into the And, into the and how many of those horses are trained by Bob Baffert Chase about 12? All of them. I, yeah. just all- Bob Baffert horses. I've already congratulated on winning the Malibu this year. Uh, even the ones that don't fit the conditions. All right. That's going to do it for us here at the Notorious OTB. We will catch you next week. I'm sure we'll be talking more Oakland. There's all sorts of good racing. Just because it's the winner doesn't mean that we've got to call it quits for racing. We will see you next week. We are out. <laughs>